Most years, the Venice Film Festival comes and goes each fall without too much fanfare. This time around, though, it was a shit show. I'm Sean Scott. And I'm Maggie Pena. And on today's episode of Pop Culture Combos, we're talking Don't Worry Darling. Welcome back to our podcast. As Sean said, we are talking about the movie Don't Worry Darling. And unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably heard about all the drama surrounding this new film. Sean, would you like to give us a recap of that drama? Yes, I will do that. First off, very basic stuff. Don't Worry Darling is a movie. It's directed by Olivia Wilde. I guess it's not a debut if it's her sophomore, but it's her second movie. Um, Her first one was Booksmart. That is my second favorite movie of all time. But... There's been a lot of behind-the-scenes issues with this movie, and people have been talking about it for a while. It started off Florence Pugh, who stars in it, wouldn't post anything about it, and people were suspicious about that. And then Harry Styles stars opposite her. He's dating Olivia Wilde. They're not dating anymore. People thought that Florence was upset about that somehow. Shia LaBeouf gets involved in it somewhere along the line because he was originally slated to star in the movie, and then got ousted, but he says that he wasn't ousted, he says that he left, and then he released videos to prove it. Basically, everyone involved in this movie hates everyone else involved in this movie, and it all really came to a head at the Venice Film Festival with Spitgate, which is where Harry Styles allegedly spit on Chris Pine. I'm having trouble, like, because this is a very messy recap. And I think that's the point. I think the point is that this movie has had such an incredibly messy beginning. And, like, we're excited to watch it, even though it's had all this drama. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we're both excited for it, I think. I think that more people know about it now than would have before any of the drama. But it's really interesting how much how much it's dominated Twitter with the drama. I don't think anyone really knows anything about the movie. They just know Florence Pugh does not like Olivia Wilde. Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles probably broke up, and Chris Pine is the mediator of it all. Chris Pine just vibing in the middle of all this drama. I'm sure that everyone has a general idea of what happened at the Venice Film Festival, but the events that all led up to it, it could help to see all of them in one place. So, The story of Don't Worry Darling starts in July 2019. This is hot off of both Midsommar, which was Florence's big, good movie, and Booksmart, which was Olivia Wilde's directorial debut. So it was a really good time to announce that the two of them will be working on a project together. And it didn't get much action for the rest of 2019. But then in early 2020, Olivia Wilde and her husband, Jason Sudeikis, broke up and Shortly after that, they made the casting announcements for the movie, with Shia LaBeouf as the male lead starring opposite Florence Pugh. Then in September of 2020, there was some problems on set with Shia LaBeouf, so they replaced his casting with Harry Styles. And then in December 2020, FKA Twigs, who I believe was dating Shia LaBeouf? She was dating Shia LaBeouf at this point. Or no, they had broken up. They had broken up, but they did date. FKA Twig sued Shia LaBeouf for abuse. And then in January 2021, Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles reportedly started dating. This was shortly after they started filming. 
because they wrapped up filming in February of 2021. And then this is where it gets interesting for Olivia. She got served custody papers while at a speaking engagement on stage from Jason Sudeikis. So it was not necessarily the most friendly of breakups. That was April 2022 when she got served the custody papers. And then in the summer of 2022, you know, a lot of times is where the press comes out for movies that are coming out in the fall or in the winter. And also it's worth noting that Florence Pugh is known for making these big, long captions on her Instagram posts. But every time someone posted something about Don't Worry Darling or something about the poster or the release date or whatever, Florence did not post about it, did not really acknowledge it, would post something unrelated. I think the one she did post about it was a super long, uh, super short caption that was basically just, I'm excited for the movie. And that was it, which is very uncharacteristic for her. Right. And then we get to August, which is where Olivia Wilde kind of goes into damage control. Because at this point, I had already seen some things about, oh, Florence Pugh is not happy with the way that this has gone. So Olivia Wilde goes into her press form and she starts praising Florence on social media. On August 24th, she claims that she fired Shia LaBeouf to protect Florence Pugh because of the abuse allegations. And then on August 26th, Shia LaBeouf responds to that, says that he was not fired. And then he posts a video from Olivia Wilde to him saying that she's like devastated that he might leave. She wants to work this out. She wants him to stay on the project and that it might be a wake-up call for Miss Flo. And what does that mean? Florence had to miss a rehearsal early on in the filming process because she had to go to a funeral. But referring to Oscar-nominated actress Florence Pugh as Miss Flo and in need of a wake-up call is not exactly the best look for someone who's trying to argue that they're defending her or on her side. And also, Florence Pugh went to a funeral. <laughs> I'm sure she didn't want to go to said funeral. Right. Like, she didn't, she didn't choose to miss the rehearsal. Right. So after all of that August 22 drama that just kind of happened, then September 5th came, 2022, Venice Film Festival. We already kind of recapped what happened there. Needless to say, long story short, it was a mess. At least for Don't Worry Darling. Absolutely. In particular. Especially the pictures of the cast and they like very intentionally put Chris Pine and Gemma Chan and everyone who's not Harry, Olivia, or Florence between Harry, Olivia, and Florence. Yeah, very, very weird vibes we're getting from that. That brings us basically to today. The movie comes out September 23rd. What do you think next two weeks hold? What do you think, what more can go wrong before this comes out? How do you think it'll impact the way the movie's released? Well, I agree with you said. I think you kind of alluded to this earlier in that negative attention is still attention. They're getting all this negative attention, but people know the title, Don't Worry, Darling. Even if they weren't interested in it, even if they don't care about the plot, or if they don't care about Harry Styles, Florence Pugh, anyone, they've heard about it. If they've been on Twitter or like have eyes and like are paying attention to social media. Maybe at this point they'll just lean into it and do like a publicity stunt and like make some big drama happen. I don't know. I think the next logical step is, are Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde still dating? Who's to say? Nobody knows. I don't know. I feel like the Chris Pine sitting between them at the film premiere kind of 
dumps a little bit of cold water on that. But Maybe that's why Harry Styles spit on him. Ooh, he was mad. Mm, yeah. Chris Pine but then Harry Styles also kissed Nick Kroll on the lips. That was a moment that happened. Even though Olivia Wilde was standing next to Harry Styles. He took Nick Kroll's face and smooch. So, I don't know. I think if they were smart, they would lean into this drama, make some more, make it a big old shebang before the movie comes out. Well, there were rumors in the beginning that that's what Olivia Wilde was trying to do anyway, that she was trying to drum up this drama to sell tickets and that that's part of the rift between her and Florence Pugh because Florence is not one for publicity stunts. I've been looking at some of the numbers and I think that it has worked out in the optimal way for them because IMAX does these things called IMAX live events which happen in advance of premieres and it's like a screening of the movie and then a live Q&A across a hundred different IMAX theaters and this was the fastest selling tickets for any IMAX live event ever. That'll be on September 19th, ahead of the premiere. And tracking wise, there's not really any competition at the box office. The Woman King comes out the week before, and Avatar has a re release the same weekend. Like Box Office Pro says, The Woman King will make 9 to 14 million its opening weekend. And Avatar, they're saying, will get 10 to 20 million. But at the time when they made their predictions, they also said that Don't Worry Darling will make 10 to 15 million its opening weekend. And that sounds incredibly low to me. I feel like with the amount of attention that it has now, I could see 30 or 40. Well, not even attention. Like, I love Viola Davis, right? That's what you said. She isn't Harry Styles. <laughs> so I think just inherently by having Harry Styles and Florence Pugh, Nick Kroll, Chris Pine, those are all very famous people that I think are targeting a very specific demographic, which is interesting because I also think the demographic it's targeting is not really, like with that cast, almost seems like they're targeting a younger audience than the movie is going to be for, mm. in my opinion. At least with Harry Styles. I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, college-aged I guess that's true. Love him. I could see that. I feel like a good comp for it is Get Out, not necessarily thematically, but I think the way that they've been sold as thrillers of people who are living in supposed utopias are kind of similar to me. And Get Out made $33 million its opening weekend. And see, the thing is, this movie is a remake of things that we have seen before, and that's why I think it's not going to do as well. Or at least people aren't going to like it as much, because they've seen the story before. It's not a very original idea, in my opinion. I agree that it's not a very original idea, but I disagree that people won't see it. I think that people. Are I think people watch will it. see it. I think the ratings are going to be low. And I was looking at the ratings. The ratings so far are less than fifty percent. So, mm. the reviews I read mostly said Florence Pugh's performance was great, and the cinematography was great, but Harry Styles' performance was not great, and they did not like the direction that Olivia Wilde took the story. Do you know what the story is generally? Like, I get the idea that they're living in this desert utopia and Florence doesn't know much about it. But the actual plot itself, I do not know much about. So I looked up the Wikipedia page and this is all it says. Normally plots are a bit longer than this, but it says Alice and Jack Chambers are a young, happy couple in the 1950s living in the seemingly perfect company town of Victoria, California, which has been created and paid for by the mysterious company for which Jack works. 
Curiosity about the nature of her husband's work on the secret victory project begins to consume Alice. Cracks then begin to form in their utopian life as her investigation into the project raises tensions with the, within the community. To me, that just almost sounds like Midsommar, but not scary. Do you know what that one M. Night Shyamalan movie is? Oh, it's called The Village. And no. it's I've never seen it, mm-hmm. but the concept is, spoiler alert for The Village, they're living in this, like, it's this, like, 1600s community, and ooh, there are, like, beasts. But it turns out that the beasts are just the village elders dressed up to scare people, and they are actually living in modern times just behind, like, a highway barricade somewhere. And the elders are keeping them secluded from the modern world. And the I, Truman Show. The Truman Show. And I feel like this, I, I would bet money that the twist in this is going to be, oh, it's not the 1950s, it's 2022. That's interesting. I, I didn't know that movie. That's not where I thought it was going to go. I'm thinking it's going to go more in a, I think Chris Pine is just going to be a crazy cult guy. Mm. <laughs> That's where I think it's going. And if it goes in that direction, been there, done that, seen that. If it goes into the M. Night Shyamalan direction, I haven't been there, done that, seen that, but other people have. So either way, the plot of this movie doesn't really interest me that much. I still want to see it because the characters seem like people I would like, but I'm not a fan of the story. I feel like a lot of people are probably in that boat where the biggest draw for this movie isn't the fact that the movie exists at all. It's just the fact that Harry Styles is in it for a lot of people. For me, I'm excited for Florence Pugh. I'm excited for Florence Pugh, too. I think people are excited for Harry Styles because they haven't really seen him act in anything. He was in what? Dunkirk for like a minute? Yeah. I don't think they'll be too thrilled after this. Have you seen the one clip of him? No, but like I'm telling you, when I read these reviews, the biggest things were they didn't like the direction Olivia Wilde took it, which, side note, neither did Florence Pugh, and Harry Styles wasn't great at acting in it. That's basically what the reviews said. I don't know. I wonder if people are going to agree with what Florence Pugh was saying, that it was overly... Didn't she say it was overly sexual? Like that Olivia Wilde leaned too much into the... Oh, it's... Making a woman be the object of sex. Right. Was basically what I think Florence Pugh was saying. And then Olivia Wilde... They had that whole spat because Olivia Wilde was saying, you know, we need to bring back movies like this and, and stuff like that. And I have opinions on that, but... I don't know. I feel like you got to respect your main actor, actress a little bit. <laughs> right. Like, she should have some agency in Or don't cast her. The direction. If you know she's not going to like it. Could you imagine if they fired Florence after firing Shia? Well, then they don't have a movie. Well, but then they just have Harry Styles and they have to... And Olivia Wilde. She'd probably cast herself. <laughs> and then they'd break up. Ah! Isn't she in the movie? Olivia Wilde? Yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that she's, like, in the cast as well. Olivia Wilde as Bunny, Alice's best friend. Wow, that must have been awkward. What? (laughs) Well. Oh, my goodness. hmm. Oh, and Olivia Wilde's husband is Nick Kroll. There's going to be some really good acting in this movie if they're going to have to all pretend to be friends. Hey, I love Nick Kroll. Never seen him in a serious role, though. So that'll be... You know what? You know what I am excited for? I'm excited to see Nick Kroll in a serious role. That's what I'm excited for. You know what I'm excited for in the in the meta narrative of this whole thing? I think that this is the first time that like Harry Styles has gotten legitimate pushback in his career. And it's coming at a bad time for him because there's pushback for a bunch of other things too. 
but I'm really interested to see how he progresses from here. And there's a there's a whole joke on social media about like how much his PR team is probably panicking right now because they've never had to deal with a crisis and now they have all of this drama and his comments about my policeman and I don't know what that is. My policeman is the movie where he is gay and he made comments about how what did he say? He said something about like most queer cinema is just sex, but that this is different. Which is interesting because after the video surfaced surfaced came out from the Venice Film Festival that he big ol' smooch on Nick Kroll's lips, people were like, This is yet again another example of Harry Styles queer baiting, which he has been heavily criticized for in the past. Mm-hmm. And I have opinions on that because he has said, you know, why do people need to know my sexuality? That's a private thing. But if he's going to come out and say, I'm straight and then do this, I can see why people would be upset by that. And at least, at the very least, it would be a controversy for him. Right. So he has that going on and the Don't Worry Darling drama and Rolling Stone called him King of Pop, which everyone is pissed off about because why? they want Michael Jackson to have that title in perpetuity. They don't want it given to anyone else. That's fair. They did use the exact same words. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now this episode is a criticism on the Rolling Stone article about Harry Styles. Yes, let's just <laughs> criticize Harry Styles entirely. It reminds me of, do you remember summer 2021 when Billie Eilish's, she was promoting her new album and everyone just started hating her randomly for a little while? Was it when she dyed her hair blonde and did that photo shoot with the nude, like not nude, but the beige? It was after that because everyone liked her for that. But then then, everyone was like, why do you change your appearance and change your whole personality? And she's like, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And people started, there was a little bit of a push to like get rid of her entirely or she wasn't cool or she was in her flop era and that her second album wasn't going to be as successful and no one was going to like it as much. I could see a similar thing, not that he's releasing an album, but like a similar trajectory here where it's popular to hate Harry Styles this fall and then like He'll come back. Six months from now, no one cares. Right. I mean, I hope that's what happened. I really like his music. This has definitely been quite the journey for him, at least with this movie. Maybe he'll decide. Maybe he'll do the opposite thing as Zendaya. She tried a singing career. She said, I'm out. I'm going to go act and stuff. Maybe he'll be like, I have a singing career. I'm going to try to act. Then he's going to be like, I'm going to dip because this is horrible and everyone in this industry sucks. Right. But there's also the rumor that he got signed for like a $100 million five-movie contract with Marvel. Oh, that is right. He is in Marvel now. And I think that he is going to get criticism for this, for being bad at acting. But now if he's signed a contract... Is he going to be a big player in it, though? Because I know they teased his role in the movies, but I don't... I've never read the comics, so I don't know if that's like a big character. Because when he was in it before, yeah, Harry Styles was in the movie. He was in it for like two minutes. I think it was in the end credit scene. It was, yeah. So he really wasn't even in the movie. So I wonder how much he's going to be in it. If it's, quote, you know, like a five-movie contract, does that mean he's going to be in it for 20 minutes total? I'm unsure. And I'm unsure if that's true either, that the contract Well, he's definitely in Marvel. I forgot that he he was definitely in that. But I don't know. I wonder if – I just – I always wonder what they're, like, thinking, what their personal thoughts are, if they're, like – wow, I hate this. I want to get out of this, but I can't because it's a contract. You know, like, I wonder if he even wanted to go to the Venice Film Festival. Right. 
Well, I mean, I, I would, but... <laughs> get to ride around in a little boat. That sounds fun. That does sound fun. I think it's interesting, too, though. This is going to be a problem for Don't Worry Darling, especially for how it's being sold, but it will also be a problem for Marvel and anything else he appears in, where anything that Harry Styles acts in is just going to be Harry Styles as blank. Which is unfortunate for him. If he does want to have an acting career, that kind of sucks. That you're never going to see him as anything else. But that, how we kind of talked about that, like, casting very, very famous people in things because they are very famous people and not because they would be good for the character. Right. But in some cases, the person can disappear. Like, obviously, Florence Pugh is not on the same level of fame as Harry Styles. But she is a famous person. And she pretty significantly disappears into whatever role she takes. Like, Midsommar, totally different than Little Women, totally different than her role in Black Widow. And she sells each of those characters very well. Like, it's not Florence Pugh as the character. You just see the character. Or I just see the character. Do you have another person that's like a Harry Styles? Like, you can only see them. Not in exactly the same way, but, like, Daniel Radcliffe will always be Harry Potter. Yeah. That's in a different way, because that's a character that he played. But I know what you mean. Well, it's kind of like Lady Gaga being in a movie, right? Right. (laughs) You know what we're saying. Harry Styles will always be Harry Styles. In a movie that we watch. So that's another reason I'm kind of worried to see this movie. Like, am, am I going to see him as Jack? Am I going to see him as Florence Pugh's husband? Or am I going to see him as Harry Styles from One Direction? Right. And is it going to be a good or bad theater experience? My fear is that a bunch of people are going to go and just be watching the movie for Harry Styles. Like, I think they're going to be obnoxious in the theaters. Because I think it, I, I honestly don't know how well this is, movie is going to do. And I only say that because the last big movie that I feel like came out that wasn't Marvel was Top Gun, which is a very different demographic. Everyone I talked to saw that movie. Everyone saw that movie. That one came out, and I have thoughts about that, but I feel like people are either going to see it because of the drama or they're going to be like, I just don't care anymore. Like, I didn't ever want to see the movie. I'm not going to go see it because of the drama. Right. But Top Gun people had a reason to go see it. Mm-hmm. And I think this is all just a, a trickle-down effect of COVID happening and people not going to theaters as much and not as many movies being made. But, yeah, I don't know what to predict for that. <laughs> right. I I see it being similar to somewhere between where the crowd sing and Elvis. Because Elvis mm-hmm. just passed $150 million. And Crawdads made, like, 70 to 80 million. See, and I think more people saw Elvis because it's Elvis. Anything else you want to add to this conversation? No. Have we pretty much covered it all? Yeah, I'm just excited to see how it plays out. I think that it will be a very... Are we going to go see it? We are going to go see it. We'll be back. Even if we don't do a whole episode on this, we are going to give our listeners a, a review of this movie. Yeah, it'll be a brief update at the beginning of... Some episode in the future. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. I know you guys are raring for our review. Yep. Alrighty, and on that note, I think we're going to wrap it up. Yep. This episode was produced and edited by Sarah Grace Hayes, Sean Scott, and Maggie Pena, with supervising production by our editor-in-chief, Cosette Gunter. Our theme music is by Sam Terabellini. Check us out on Spotify under the name Pop Culture Combos and on SoundCloud under the Miami Student. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.